Welcome to Wyoming Valley Church's podcast with Pastor Todd Walker. Greetings, everybody. Hope everyone's doing well. We want to look at this idea of God's wisdom today. God's wisdom was our topic this past Sunday at our sermon. We contrasted God's wisdom with worldly wisdom, and we talked about the treasure of godly wisdom. And we want to continue thinking about that today because God's wisdom is so crucial for living as a Christ follower here upon this earth. And I don't know if you're like me, but as I age, I get more and more wisdom. And I've, I've heard that was an old adage, you know, you get wisdom as you age. And now I know why that is, is because you learn by doing dumb things that certain things are dumb and you shouldn't do those things anymore. And so I have a list of 10 things that I used to do that I don't really do any longer. And the reason I don't do those things any longer is not because I'm such a wise person by nature. It's simply because I've tried those things. They were bad experiences and I've learned don't do that any longer. Let me give you a list of 10 things that I thought of. Number one is lift heavy things by myself. Yes, I, in the past year, have tried that two different occasions, tried to lift things that were definitely heavier than I should be lifting on my own. And I had to learn a really hard lesson by hurting my back really bad to not lift heavy things by myself. And now I've learned. Now I, when something's heavier than 50 pounds, I, I ask for assistance. I wait till someone can help me. Because if, if I want to carry heavy things by myself, I'm probably going to hurt my back again and be laid out for a few days or a few weeks. And that's just dumb. Don't do that anymore. So I've learned, don't lift heavy things by yourself, Todd. Number two is try to show off my athletic ability. I used to be an athletic guy. I probably still am to some degree, but um, I think every guy has that sort of macho, machismo aspect to themselves, and they want to show how great they are at certain things, how fast they are, how high they can jump. And I've had to learn, don't do that. I'm 40 now. My athletic ability is, is definitely dwindling, and I don't need to show off anymore. I'm not that kind of person. <laughs> And if I do, if I, my kids are there, if my wife is there, and I still want to show her how great I am at something, uh, generally that's going to go bad. So I've had to learn. Uh, don't do that anymore. That's not a good idea. Number three, eat spicy food late at night. I'm 40. That used to be no problem in my 20s. Now that I'm 40, that's a bad idea. That is a bad idea to eat spicy food late at night. I've had to learn that on a few occasions, and so I don't really do that anymore. Here's another one. Drink coffee late at night. Another reason to be up in the middle of the night is when you drink coffee late at night. Don't do that. Now I have a limit that there's a certain age, there's a certain time of the day that I won't drink coffee past uh, because I've had to learn that if I drink coffee late at night, I'm going to be up in the middle of the night and that's not a good experience. Here's another one is ask questions I really don't want answers to. <laughs> I've had to learn that the hard way, such as asking my wife, uh, dear, what are my weaknesses? Do I have any weaknesses? Sweetheart, what are my weaknesses? Yeah, that's a question that I've had to realize I don't really want answers to, so don't ask that question anymore. Or asking my wife if good-looking Hollywood stars and good-looking athletes, if they're good-looking to her. Hey, wife, are these good-looking actors and good-looking athletes, do you think they're good-looking? That's a bad question. Don't put your wife in that situation because as nice and sweet as my wife is and she tries to go, no, they're not that good-looking. I can see right through that. So don't ask questions you don't want answers to. Uh, here's another one is, when I'm driving, uh, try not to beat oncoming traffic. You know, when you're pulling in somewhere and you go in your mind, oh, I can make this. You know, I got plenty of space. I got plenty of time. That's a bad idea. 
And I haven't really had to learn that the hard way, thankfully. I don't remember any accident that, that I've caused, but I've had a couple of close calls. And uh, I've honestly looked back going, man, what was I thinking? Wait a few more seconds till the car passes. Really, what can be gained by trying to beat an oncoming car simply to get there a couple seconds earlier? Don't do that. That's a bad thing. I've had to learn that. Uh, here's another one is Google health symptoms. <laughs> you ever done that? You ever had a health symptom and you go to Google because you don't want to take the hassle and the time to go to an actual doctor or just let the thing pass and get on with your life? No, you type your symptoms into Google thinking that something will be helpful and you come across the, the scariest diseases you ever can find out and uh, Google tells you that you're going to die within the next 48 hours. That's a bad idea. Don't do that. I've had to learn that the hard way. Here's another one is try to match my clothes without the assistance of my wife. Back in the day, I think I knew quite well how to match things and now that I have a wife, I know better. I got to bring my wife in and say, honey, does this tie go with this shirt? Does it? Does this shirt go with these pants? Are these the right kind of socks I should be wearing? And my wife, 80% of the time says, no, swing and a miss, honey. You want to try that shirt. You want to try that tie. Those are not the right socks, not the right shoes, not the right belt. So I don't try to match my clothes anymore without the assistance of my wife. Here's another one. Try to pick fights with stinging insects. <laughs> I think back in the day, you think you're invincible and uh, any sort of insect that's in your way, you're just going to tell that insect to get lost. I've learned that's a bad idea. Don't pick fights with stinging insects. They have stingers for a reason. And uh, if you learn that the hard way, that's going to be a rough lesson. Here's the last one, number 10. Things I used to do but I don't do anymore is test to see if I'm still lactose intolerant. <laughs> it's a bad test. That's a bad test. Don't test that anymore. You are lactose intolerant. Just... Just live with it, okay? Don't test that anymore. Don't have those experiences. Those are, that's a silly list, of course, but that's kind of how we are as humans. We have to learn sometimes the hard way not to do certain things, and we would call that wisdom, although it's really just experiences that are teaching us better. But wisdom is something that we all need, and we all need it, generally speaking, in the course of living here upon the earth, but we desperately need it as Christians. We need godly wisdom from above and Although there's several things that I used to do that I don't do anymore, there's one thing that I'm still learning that I should do that I still struggle doing. And I don't know why that is, but it comes from a passage in Matthew chapter 7 that we referenced this past Sunday, and I just want to read it again and speak about it for a couple moments here. Jesus is speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says in Matthew 7, starting at verse 24, he says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. This past Sunday, we talked about godly wisdom. We talked about what it is. We talked about how to get it. We talked about how to use it. We talked about how to keep it. We talked a lot about, uh, about a lot of practical things about godly wisdom, and it was a really helpful lesson for myself to go through and to think about and to wrestle with. But we sort of tied it all together at the end by saying that God's wisdom can be summed up in a person. God's wisdom can be summed up in one single person. If you figure this out, 
If you understand this, if you put faith in and follow this one person, you are going to be godly wise. You are going to live successfully. You're going to honor God. You're going to glorify his name. You're going to obey his commandments. You're going to bear fruit of righteousness for God's name on the last day. You're going to go to heaven. And obviously this one person is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God's wisdom upon this earth. See, and that's a, that's a helpful thing because a lot of people, by wanting to know wisdom, try to explore the universe, right? Scientists will say, hey, listen, if we can get the right organisms and put it in our microscope or if we can explore space or the depths of the Pacific Ocean, we can become wise. We can become the most wise people, right? Just by looking into the heavens and making thoughts and notes about that. But I love about God that we don't have to do it that way because God's wisdom doesn't have to be searched out in the cosmos, God's wisdom came to this earth. His name is Jesus. He's the Son of God. He is God, and he knows everything. He has perfect godly wisdom, and he came not only to save us, but to teach us, to show us what is wise, to show us what is stupid, to show us how to live. And Jesus is representing that here in Matthew chapter 7 by saying to us in a metaphor how we should live our lives. And that's really what this passage is. It's a metaphor. It's talking about two builders. There's one guy who builds his house on the rock, and there's one guy who builds his house on the sand. And even as a non-builder, I know which one would be better, just because of my understanding about rock and sand. I know that it would be better if I was a builder to build a house upon the rock versus the sand, because sand can shift, sand can move, sand isn't stable. It doesn't take much for sand to crumble, and suddenly your house would crumble along with it. But Jesus is using a metaphor, and for us to understand this metaphor properly, we need to change one word. That's all we need to do. For us to understand the metaphor properly of what Jesus is saying, we just need to understand and change one word. And that word is change the word house to life. I'm going to reread this passage, and I'm going to change the word house, because he mentions the word house several times. And every time he says the word house, I'm going to change it to life. And I want you to hear the passage now, okay? Jesus says in verse 24, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his life on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that life. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his life on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that life, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Jesus, in a nutshell, is telling us what wisdom looks like. He's telling us how to live. And he's using a metaphor of two builders, one guy building his house upon the rock and the other guy building his house upon the sand. Both guys are probably using the same instruments. Both guys want to have a beautiful, strong, secure house. Only one has a foundation that's actually going to help him and one has a foundation that's drastically going to hurt him. And Jesus says, listen, it kind of boils down to two different groups. There's one group that's going to hear my words and they're going to obey them. And there's another group of people that are going to hear my words and not obey them. And there's going to be something tragic that happens for the person who does not take the wisdom of God through Jesus and build his life on Jesus. Because if we change another word from rock to Jesus, we learn what the foundation is. 
The foundation for every single person, every single Christian is Jesus Christ. But it's not just believing in him, like an assertion that he is the Son of God or that he is the Savior or saying a prayer of accepting him into our heart. Jesus says it this way. He says, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his life upon the rock. Okay? So you hear my words and now you have a choice. You've heard what wisdom is and now you have a choice either to put that wisdom into practice and build your life upon it or to disregard my words and not build your life upon the rock. And then he says there's two different consequences. The first is the guy who does listen to the words of Jesus, does put them into practice. He's the wise man. He's the one that understands what wisdom is. He's the one that understands the value and the worth of Jesus Christ. And he says, therefore, I'm going to build my entire life upon Jesus Christ. And it says, for that person, the rain comes, the floods come, the winds blow, and they beat on that life. And I don't know exactly what Jesus has in mind here. He could be talking about just the general aches and pains and trials of life. And he could say, listen, if you build your house upon Jesus Christ, your life on the earth will stand. Or he could be talking about Judgment Day. He could be talking about the real storm, the storm of God's wrath. That when we stand before God at Judgment Day and God's wrath is the consequence for not building our house upon the rock, our house will stand because we obeyed the words of Jesus Christ. How do I know that? How do I think that? Because of the last verse. For the guy who builds his house upon the sand, this is the tragedy of his life. Listen to what it says. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that life. And it fell. And great was the fall of it. Or you could say it this way. And tragic was the fall of it. It sounds to me that like it's more than just a guy making foolish decisions in his life and sort of making his life a mess. It sounds like this is the most devastating fall anyone could ever experience. So we're talking about wisdom. We're talking about godly wisdom. And Jesus says, listen, I am the wisdom of God. I came to this earth so you don't have to grasp at straws. You don't have to look into the cosmos. You don't have to guess with your own logic at what wisdom is. You have to just simply listen to my words and put them into your life. Obey them. If you obey my words... You will be wise. You will be on the rock. Your foundation will be secure and your house will not fall. Your life will not fall. And that's a simple lesson for today. But I want us to understand how important Jesus is. You know, sometimes we treat Jesus like he's a vitamin, like a supplement, just a sweet little addition to our life. That our life is good. If we had a little bit of Jesus, it's going to get a little bit sweeter and Jesus sort of undoes that logic by saying, listen, that's not what I am. I'm not sweetener for your coffee. I'm the rock. I am the rock. I am the one thing you should build your entire life upon. I am the one thing that no matter what you do, this is the one thing you must do. If you get to anything in your life, you build your house upon me. And the way that you build your house upon me is by hearing me sitting at my feet, listening to me. I mean, this is right at the end of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus just gave this really long, important, practical sermon. And the way that he ties it up is by saying, okay, now you have a choice. You heard what wisdom is. You heard what my teachings are. You know who I am. 
Now you have an option to build your life upon me, to obey my words and to be built on the rock or to disregard my words, to build your life your own way and to have a tragic fall someday. Guys, there's a few things that I've learned simply by aging of things that I shouldn't do because they're foolish and I've had to learn the hard way and it's been painful and embarrassing. But there's one thing that even as a pastor, even as a 40-year-old pastor, I'm still trying to learn is that Jesus' words are best. Jesus' teachings are right. They are the wisdom of God. I don't have to look anywhere else. I don't have to look to the left or the right. I simply keep my mind focused upon Jesus Christ and what he said. And that's it's difficult because of this reason. It's difficult because there's so many voices. There's so many opinions. There's so many logical sounding things in this world that say, hey, listen, this is the way you want to do things. And when you listen to the media, they sound quite right. They sound like they're experts at what they're talking about. The problem is, is that even the most learned person, even the most eloquent speaker is a man or a woman. They're fallible. They're capable of not being right. They're capable of having the wrong data. They're capable of having the wrong perspective. They're capable of their sin blocking their, blocking their vision. And therefore, they're not the right foundation. Nobody is. No man is. Only Jesus, because Jesus is infallible. He is incapable of letting us down. He is sufficient. He is the wisdom of God. He knows what he's talking about. He has the right perspective. He sees everything. He knows everything. He created everything. He sustains everything. And he's saying to us, listen, build your life the right way. Don't get distracted by all of these things that you should have in your life, that you should be a part of. And we live in America, right? Where there's, we live in America where everything's an option. Everything's a possibility for you to have in your life. And Jesus says, no, don't get distracted. Because what you're doing is every single time you make a choice, you're choosing what to build upon. The rock or the sand. You're choosing what your foundation is. And I'm telling you, the rain is coming. Just like he told the people in the days of Noah, there's a flood coming. He's telling us that again. There is a flood coming of epic proportions and right now, you are building your house. Every single one of us is building our house every single day with all the choices we make in that day. And Jesus is saying, make sure you build on the right foundation. Because the rain is coming, the flood is coming, the wind is going to blow, and it's going to blow hard. And if your house is built on anything less than the words and the teachings of Jesus Christ, you're in trouble. Your house is going to fall and tragic will be the fall of it. And right now, I know that's not what you think. You think like your life is quite successful. According to the standard of the world, you're doing pretty good. You're increasing in your job. You're getting more and more money and insurance and security. You're getting a little wiser, right? Uh, things are going well. And Jesus is going, be careful. Be careful all of that is not sand. Because if it's sand and it's not the teachings of Jesus, you're in trouble. And he's warning us to say, my sermon on the mount is the very thing you should build your life upon. I am the son of God. I am not just a man with a great perspective. I am the son of God. I am right in everything I say. Listen to me. Build upon me. Obey me. And by doing so, Jesus is watching out for us. So that when the storm comes, and it will, regardless if it's the storms of life here upon the earth or the big storm, the storm of judgment day. He wants our house and our life to stand secure. And it will 
if we simply hear the words of Jesus and obey them. Guys, that is godly wisdom. And I hope today you would say yes to that, amen to that. You would line up behind Jesus. You would not get distracted. You would not fill your life with a bunch of sand. You would say, no, I'm going to build my life the right way. I don't want my life to fall. I don't want to experience that tragedy. I have done things the wrong way before. I don't want to do it any longer. Take the rest of your life. Start today if you need to and build your life upon the rock. So that one day Jesus can call you wise. Your house will stand secure for all of eternity and you will be called blessed. I hope that's an encouragement to you today. Look to Jesus and value him more than you have up to this point or revalue him and say, you, Jesus, are my rock and I'm going to build my life upon you and you alone. Many blessings to you. Thanks for listening to the Wyoming Valley Church Podcast. Join us for worship Sunday mornings beginning at 1030. We're located in the Dolphin Plaza on Highway 315 in Wilkesbury. Learn more about us at wyomingvalleychurch.org. Wyoming Valley Church, a place where all are welcome.